Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this moment that you've called us together, that you've called us out, that you've called us up, that we sit at your feet in the very throne room of God to hear from you. Lord, in the midst of uh, these uh, incredible times that we live in with all the things that are going on in this world, we need to hear a word from you. So Lord, I pray that you would anoint me afresh, that you would use me for your glory, that I might send out your word that I believe that you've placed in my spirit for your people. Give us ears to hear, give us spirits to perceive and receive. And then, oh God, give us the courage to operate in that which you have called for us, that you're commanding for us in these days and in these times. To the end that you might get the glory, that people might know, come to know you, that your kingdom come and that your will be done right here on earth as it already is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, listen, what an amazing and incredible uh, couple of weeks that we've been involved in. Uh, war has broken out in Ukraine. Uh, I don't care what the Russians are saying. They, they invaded uh, Ukraine. Um, it's been a crazy uh, couple of weeks uh, from the things that we're receiving uh, from our governor here in the state of Florida. And it seems like he and the governor for the state of Texas are in a, a contest for who can do the, the craziest things to regular people and still call themselves pro-life uh, candidates. Uh, but anyway, the, all of this stuff is going on. Um, and so the, the, I've been bombarded with questions by both partners here and even family members and friends. You know, like, what's going on? Is, is this the end times? Uh, what's what's going to happen next, according to Revelation? Uh, number one, I'm I'm not a scholar on those eschatological questions. I know a few things. I think I know much more than I actually know. Uh, but I went right to the source, and I believe God wants to speak to us right from the words of Jesus. So meet me in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I'm going to read a few verses, starting at verse 4. Uh, when Jesus was asked the same question, what, what are the signs that the end times are coming? What, what's, what's it going to look like right before the end of the world? Uh, and so look what Jesus says in Matthew 24, beginning at verse 14. Jesus says this. Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and they will deceive many people. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all of this, Jesus said, is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom of God will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then, Jesus says, the end will come. I want to deal with, I want to talk about from the subject, from the idea, from the thought. It's not time to check out yet. It's not time to check out yet. Uh, the, when, when we first saw the news, when the news first broke of, of this, this impending war that, that happened and the uh, millions of innocent people caught up in, the, in the, the middle of all of this foolishness that's going on, 
the you know and there were proclamations of world war three happening and now there's this threat of nuclear war and and all the stuff that's going on and and, and many times uh, i think because of the promises jesus makes us in scripture and the stuff that we see that jesus says uh that there's this tendency for those of us who follow him to look for the exit when times get bad and when times get hard. Uh, but if you read carefully what Jesus says, and if you look carefully at how he frames it, um, when he's answering the question of what signs to look for in the end times, notice that Jesus is specifically nonspecific. In other words, he answers the question specifically, but in a non-specific way. He says in verse six that there'll be wars and threats of wars and nation against nation. He says uh, later on, you'll see it. In, he says famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. He says in verse eight that you, my followers, will be hated all over the world. He says many will fall away from me, uh, that whether that's deconstructing their faith or whether they are the nuns, that they don't subscribe to any belief system or they don't believe in the church anymore. Then there, he says they will betray and hate each other. Uh, Luke's version says that even the closest people to you, your parents and your friends, your relatives are, will betray you. Uh, he says in verse 11 that false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. He says that sin will be rampant everywhere, that, that uh, the murder rate will go up and the robbery rate and all of these things will happen. And the love of many will grow cold and we don't even know how to talk to and treat each other anymore. And that seems like this time. But if you study human history carefully, that has been almost every age since Jesus was here. <laughs> For 2,022 years, it's kind of been the same thing. Jesus gives this nonspecific answer as to time frame, but he talks about how the, the conditions that will be signs. It's almost as if no matter what time we live, no matter what time we're born in, Jesus wants us to pay attention to the fact that we, we need him, that we're going to have to put our trust and our faith in him, that, that we can't, we, we won't be able to determine or predict when he's coming back. Uh, matter of fact, it, it's when you study Matthew 24 and its companions in Mark 13 verses 5 through 13 and Luke 21 verses 8 through 19, you'll notice that, that Jesus says when we see all of this happening, it's actually not the end. It's actually just the beginning. Uh, in Mark's version, in Mark chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus said, these are only the beginnings of sorrows, he says in the New King James Version. He said in the New Living, it says, there's more to come. Uh, in Matthew 24, verse 6, he says, the end won't follow immediately after he listed all of the stuff that's going to happen. So it's not time to check out yet. It's, it's not time to worry about if the end is coming. It's not time to check out. Matter of fact, Jesus says it's time to push through. Look what he says in verse 13 right here in Matthew 24. He says the one who endures to the end will be saved. He says in verse, uh, in, in verse 19, he says uh, in Luke 21 verse 19, he says by standing firm, by enduring to the end, by pushing through all of this upheaval, all of this uproar, all of this chaos, all that is going on in the world, we got to push through it instead of trying to find a way to check out of it or wait to be rescued from it. Uh, when our world is in upheaval, we are called, Jesus says, to push through. We have to push through all of this. 
We're, we have to push through believing that the fact that God, that God's sovereign control over human affairs, over human destiny, over human history, he's in control of all of that. And so nothing slips past him. He sees it, he knows it, and it's working toward his end. We've got to push through with that, that faith understanding. We have to push through hoping in God's promises for ultimate justice. Uh, Brianna Taylor's family did not get ultimate justice. Uh, and they may not on this side. The, 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 the African and, and Indian and Asian students who were pushed away at the Ukrainian border while the white Ukrainians got to leave, that they may not get justice on this side. But God ultimately says everybody's going to have to stand before him and give an account for why they did what they did. Ultimately, we have to hope in that, that promise that God will get the ultimate justice. We have to keep pushing through in full assurance of God's covenantal care for those who are his. In Luke's version, Luke 21, verse 18, he, he says, now everybody's going to hate you, but then he makes, Jesus makes this promise. He says, but not one hair on your head will perish. Praise God for that. Jesus says, I'm watching all of this and I'm watching out for you. If you push through, I'm looking out for you even in the midst of the fact that people will hate you and they'll turn on you and they'll betray you and the love of many grow, grow cold. We have to push through with that assurance that Jesus said he's looking out for us. But now check this out. It's not time to check out yet. It's time to push through. And notice that Jesus has some specific commands for us during these times of upheaval. If you read through Matthew 24, 4 through 14, and those companion texts in Mark and in Luke, you'll notice that, that Jesus is very specifically warns us, first of all, to be on guard against false doctrine. He says in verse 4 and 5 of Matthew 24, he says, don't let anybody mislead you. There will be people who claim Jesus, who claim the name of Christ, who claim to be Christians, who claim to be prophets and teachers of the, of the word of God and pastors and whoever else who will mislead us. And he says, many will be deceived. Many are going to buy into the foolishness. So Jesus specifically says, be on guard. He says in verse 11 of Matthew 24 that false prophets will appear and they'll claim uh, uh, matter of fact, uh, Luke 21 verse 8 says, they'll claim the time has come. This is the end. And Jesus said, don't, don't, don't believe what you hear. Uh, it, some stuff may be fake news. Some stuff may be what they want, their take on it. But don't let anybody mislead you. We have to be careful to judge everything based upon the word of God. We can't take it at face value. We've got to run it through the grid of the word of God and through the faith that we have. And we've got to make sure that we're not letting anything or anybody or any movement mislead us. But then the, the second, second command that Jesus gives, uh, it's, real, it's real simple, but it's so profound, especially in this day and in this time where uh, it, it's, it's important. Jesus says, uh, secondly, that we ought to choose to not operate in anxiety. He says it like this in verse 6. He says, don't panic. Don't panic. Don't lose your cool. Don't, don't get frayed and, or frazzled by the stuff that you hear. Scouring the news, scouring your timeline to see what's happening now is going to contribute to anxiety and to panic and to pressure and to stress and to mental health issues that he does not want for us. He says, don't panic. 
I'm telling you now, stuff is going to jump off. I'm telling you now, things are going to go from bad to what looks like worse. But don't panic. Don't operate in anxiety. We've got to rehearse those things that we believe. The, 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 the covenantal promises of God to take care of us. We've got to rehearse those things over and over in our minds. And as we hear what's going on, as we see what's going on, we've got to believe that God is going to get ultimate justice even when folks down here let it slip through their fingers. We, we've got to believe those, those promises that he's given us. We've got to do uh, uh, what we talked about in Bible study a couple of weeks ago of, of catch and replace in Philippians 4, 8. Capture those negative thoughts and replace them. Think on those things that God has said, the, the positive things, the positive promises of God that he's given us. We've got to rehearse those over and over and over again and replace the negative thinking and the worries and the concerns and the anxieties with the promises of God and the love of God and the grace of God that he has promised us. But then thirdly, the third thing that Jesus deals with, he says, uh, not only not only be on guard against false doctrine, don't, you know, weigh everything that's coming at you, not only choose not to operate in anxiety, but then he also talks about staying on mission, staying on mission. Look what he says in verse 14 of Matthew 24. He says, and the good news about the kingdom is got to be preached throughout the entire world so that all the nations will hear it. Our mission is to make Jesus known and to draw the men and women that the Holy Spirit is drawing to him, draw them to the saving faith in this Jesus that's keeping us grounded while all the world is going to heck in a handbasket. It, 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 we've got to stay on mission. We can't get so worried about getting caught up in the air and raptured out and is the end coming that we miss the people whose own sinful anxiety is making them hungry to come to know Jesus. Uh, it, matter of fact, in, in uh, Luke 21 and verse 13, Jesus says, this will be your opportunity to tell people about me. There's going to be some folks who will listen now that didn't want to listen before. And he says, this is your opportunity. If you stay on mission, this is your opportunity to tell them about me. And, and check this out. We don't even have to rely on our own capability. In Mark's, Mark's version, Mark 13, verse 11, he says, Jesus says, just say what God tells you at that time. For it's not you who's going to be speaking, but the Holy Spirit who's in you. He's given us help to stay on mission and to draw men and women to Jesus Christ. Listen, it's not time to pack up. It's not time to check out. It's not time to waste ruminating about how all of this fits into somebody's version of the end times or the apocalypse or revelation prophecy. It's not time for that. Jesus said, it's just the beginning. More is coming, so don't trip about what you see now. This is the time instead for believers to put our faith into action. It's time for us to push through it. This is the time for us to stay on mission, to win people into a loving relationship with Jesus Christ every single day. So listen, it's not time to check out yet. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll know when it's time when we're not here anymore. Until then, let, let's choose to operate not in anxiety, but in faith. Let's choose, let, let's make a decision to weigh everything and to not be led astray by bad teaching. And let's choose to stay on mission because he's left us here for a reason, for a purpose. 
and for a destiny that He's working out. That's why you're here. You and I are important to the plan of God. Can I pray for us? Father, we thank you so much for the fact that Jesus answers this very question that comes to our minds right now. And thank you, Jesus, that you knew enough to be specifically nonspecific because if you gave us the time, if you gave us the date, we would check out too early and we wouldn't remember that you've left us here not to operate in fear, not to be led astray, but to be on mission for you. Lord, we declare that there's more work that you have for us to do. And so I pray that you would bolster our faith, that you would remind us of your promises, that we would rehearse those promises and those positive things over and over and over again until our faith stands strong in the midst of a world that is going crazy all around us. Lord, we thank you that you love us enough that you want to partner with us to spread the good news of the kingdom around the entire world. So help us to stay focused, help us to stay faith-filled, help us to stay faithful, and we'll make sure you get all the credit for it. In Jesus' name, amen.